Hello there. Welcome to episode eight of This Is Lit, a podcast where we'll be talking about all things literature. My name is Emily and joining me today is Prue Baker. How are you going, Prue? Not too bad, Emily. It's term three, week nine. So, <laughs> yeah, almost there. Kind of Nearly made life. it. Yeah. Yep. I feel you. Um, and I'm also joined by Sean Clark. How are you going, Sean? Hello. I am so good. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, no, nah, I'm dying. Uh, it's week nine, term three, as uh, Miss Prue Baker has said. So I am exhausted. We've nearly made it though. Five, yeah. five and a bit days. Oh. And a whole day of parent teacher interviews, but that's fine. Oh, we'll get can't through. Wait. Can't wait for that moment. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's enough of us whinging about our lives, which we have chosen and enjoy for the most part. Yes, um, yes, true. I actually like this. Yeah, so this is episode eight, guys, which is going to be our final episode for the season on the longest memory in the seven stages of grieving. Um, so, yeah, hopefully you've been listening to a few of our other episodes up until this point. Um, yeah, we've I've, we've tried to talk about the longest memory and the seven stages of grieving in a fair bit of depth. Whether we accomplished that, I don't actually know. Um, but surely, today's, surely. <laughs> we tried, I guess. Like, yes. that's all we hope for. Definitely tried. <laughs> um, yeah, today's episode, we're going to be breaking down some essay prompts and discussing how we would answer them. So hopefully that will be useful to anyone who has an essay to write on these two texts in yeah the next few months or so cool so starting off with we have prue baker's essay prompt which is how is resistance portrayed in the longest memory and the seven stages of grieving and how is it received Mm. Mm. emily would you like to take this over Sure. Um, <laughs> we'll we'll yeah. chime in, but you start with it. Yeah. All right. Um, quick thing though. Um, uh, just just a reminder to all the students that are listening, all two of you. Um, make sure. I don't know. I feel like I mean, I was thinking about this as well. Uh, make sure that you uh, understand the what the question is asking you to do as well by um, like highlighting like keywords and key phrases. Um, I've mm. seen plenty of essays um, fall apart because the student in question didn't understand like the the words mm-hmm. um within there so like how is resistance portrayed like that's quite an interesting um phrase because it's it's not only asking you um like basically the meaning of resistance but also it's asking you how is it like shown and displayed in the text and I feel like students I don't know I feel like students I don't know I don't know I just feel like yeah guys bring your dictionaries to your um, sack and bring them to your exam because Absolutely. it will help you so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, not Yeah, the like the key word sometimes is even like just how and like mm, how important mm-hmm. the word how is. Like it's like, well, how is it portrayed? How do these texts, you know, portray resistance? You know, and also, like much, yeah. And also, mm, how is it received? Right. So you can't just pick and choose to answer one half. Mm. You've got to try and make sure that you're. Um, yeah. yeah, addressing all parts of the question. Otherwise, you will definitely lose some marks there, which is what you do not want, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a two-parter um, for this question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My one's a two-parter too. Um, and then also I just wanted to let the uh, our, our loyal fan base of listeners <laughs> know um, that uh, we teach using the integrated method um, of, t- of TQL. We don't use the block method. So just in case you're mm-hmm. wondering, um, that's yes. the one that we use um, because we find it, 
the most effective. You get the most, I, I believe personally, um, you, you kind of open your, yourself up to get the most amount of marks as well mm-hmm. um, using the yeah. integrated method rather than, than the block method because it lends itself uh, much easier. Although it's harder in, you know, learning how to um, complete it um, first off, it, it's much easier in the long run as well. On Sorry, that note, yeah. can you just explain yes. what the integrated um, method actually is for anyone who isn't too sure what we're talking about? <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so the integrated method of comparison essays um, is basically like the intro is pretty much like your stock standard intro. So you um, make sure like that you discuss um, uh, each text. You also make sure that you discuss uh, – and guys, correct me if I'm wrong because I'm doing this like uh, – like, on the fly um you discuss each text um the uh uh uh, the uh, the spatial settings and the temporal settings of each text as well um and then basically you also make sure that you answer the essay question but really the biggest thing that we uh learn uh when we're using the integrated method um is the acronym TEQL so T stands for obviously uh topic sentence uh and then you have your E, your first E, which is your evidence from your first text. Um, so it can be, I, I, I get this question a lot as well, it can be um, longest memory or seven stages of grieving, it doesn't matter. But just mm. make sure that you um, are consistent. Uh, what, consistent, mm. thank you. Um, yeah. In that, uh, like don't switch it up as you're moving through. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, your evidence from your first text, then you explain your evidence and how it relates to your um, uh, essay prompt from the first text. Then the C stands for comparison connective, um, comparative connective, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that's just like a really simple sentence being like, oh, in comparison to the longest memory or seven stages of grieving or this is similar to or this is different to. And then um, your next D is evidence from your second text. So then you're bringing in evidence from your second text. And then the E after that is explaining your evidence from the second text and how <clears throat> it relates back to the essay prompt and how it's like either similar or different. Um, and then obviously your L is like your linking sentence, which is basically wrapping up how um, the evidence and explanations from each text um, that you've discussed within that paragraph is either similar or different to each other in relation to the essay prompt. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <clears throat> cool, cool, cool. Sorry, guys. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right. And my, the answers I'm going to give right now are kind of going to follow that, um, that form, I suppose, where I'll talk about one text and then the other and how it's similar or different. Because the other yep. important thing, actually, which we just forgot to mention, yep. um, is that it's not enough just to have that C sentence in the middle for your comparison. Um, mm. You need to make sure that in the second half of your body paragraph, when you're talking about the second text, you are comparing back to the first one and being like, this is similar because of this, or this is different or unlike this, blah, blah, blah. Um, because at the end of the day, it's a comparative essay, which you are writing. So yeah, yeah you need to have lots of comparison. <laughs> and like do the similarity, like the topic sentence and the middle comparative mm. sentence is kind of talking about usually the similarities. And then you should throw in a sneaky difference. Mm. like before the link sentence if you can yeah yeah all right cool so back to the essay question which i'll repeat because i'm sure you've all probably forgotten by now (laughs) no that's okay that was good um so how is resistance portrayed in the longest memory and the seven stages of grieving and how is it received so as we already just spoke about the key word in this would be resistance so i need to make sure i actually know what that means um and it's yeah god 
two parts to it, I suppose. So we're looking at how it's portrayed, but also how it's received. So my three ideas that I kind of came up with, like, I don't know how you guys do this, but I, I kind of asked myself, like, yeah, what, what the text is trying to show about resistance. Um, so the three things I came up with, which I'll dive into in a little bit more depth in a sec, I had that resistance is portrayed as dangerous. Mm, yeah, I Res- had that. Good. We're on the right track. <laughs> good. <laughs> uh, good. Um, res- resistance is feared by oppressors. Mm. Yep. And that this yeah. one, this one is a little bit less obvious. I've, I don't know if. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, um, the third one I had is that resistance can be passive. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So that one, I don't know. You can let me know if I um end up convincing you or not. But anyway, I'll start off with my first one. So, um. Yeah, for my first topic sentence, I'd have something like both texts portray that resistance is, um, yeah, that resistance is something that can be dangerous. Um, and with that, so for the longest memory, I think there's that really obvious one where Chapel is trying to resist being a slave and part of that system, um, and mm. that ultimately he's punished with death for that. So through his resistance, um, yeah, he kind of pays the ultimate price, which is death, and that that kind of shows how it's dangerous, obviously. Um, and then mm. within the seven stages of grieving, what I thought was a similar link was Daniel Yock, of course, who resisted arrest by the police. Um, it said that he ran but was intercepted. And this is, again, something that ultimately resulted in his death. Um, another example I had from the seven stages of, seven stages of grieving, too, um, is the woman's brother, too, because he obviously like showed resistance by standing up to the police who were racially discriminating against his friend. Um, mm. There's that quote where he thought that you know this fella's done nothing wrong and then he pushed the police officer um Mm. and while it didn't result in his death it resulted in him becoming dependent and embarrassed because of the charges and fines he received and it um started that cycle for him the woman talks about so the it's similar in the sense that resistance brought death to two of the individuals um, it's still similar in the sense that it brought negative consequences th- to those who resisted their oppressors um, and that even though the brother didn't actually die, like he still had his life technically, it still kind of had been taken away from him in some way because obviously he can't live the life he was living because now he's part of this vicious cycle of yeah, not having a job, not having money, being embarrassed by it, drinking to excess and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, mm. that's how I would yeah do my first body paragraph probably. Anyone want to add anything before I move on? Um, no, I mean, like, I've been trying to push as well, like, using some evidence in, in terms of, like, structural oh, um, of course, yeah. stuff. So, like, if you wanted to talk about, like, the symbolism of the whip, so in terms of, like, Chapel, um, you know, wanting to, he was resisting by wanting to be free, um, you could say that, like, you know, the, um, the, the whip is the symbol of, like, um, anti-resistance or like resistance to that, um, to, um, you know, people wanting to defy their oppressors. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And like, uh, uh, sorry to cut in here as well. Um, with Prue's comment about symbolism and stuff that always, uh, lends itself, uh, to much higher marks on your essay as well. Like, obviously, using all that um, evidence is great, but when you start pulling in, like, literary techniques and devices and stuff like that, um, your teachers and your assessors are going to be like, oh, my God, tick, tick, tick. Like, I know that <laughs> yeah. I get very excited. Amazing. 
Um, yeah. When, yeah, you pull in like those um, symbols that are shown uh, in the text and then compare them. Like you could even compare it back to another symbol uh, that's shown in the se- seven stages of grieving about resistance and um, change and all that stuff as well. But, yeah, <clears throat> sorry to interrupt. No, no. no all good. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so the second paragraph I would write would be something like um, both texts display that resistance is something that is feared by oppressors. Um, mm. Through that, obviously, I'd be addressing like the second part to that essay question about how it's received. Um, and, yeah, from the longest memory, we hear a lot from the plantation owners um, about how obviously they don't want things to change and then also how they try to rule with fear to prevent any sort of resistance or uprisings. Mm. Um, so I think, yeah, there's a yeah. quote where they describe how a massive slave revolt will bring us all grief. Um, and then when they're talking about chapel being whipped to death, they say, you know, slaves will see this as a warning that they can't run. Um, so, yeah, they're really fearful that, um, yeah, the slaves will resist them and revolt or there'll be some sort of uprising. Um, and then you could also bring in how they, yeah, try to rule with fear to prevent that from happening. Mm. Um, and then the seven stages of grieving, it was kind of hard or not, yeah, it was more tricky to think about this one in terms of, um, yeah, how people, oppressors, I suppose, um, yeah, perceive resistance. But the thing that stuck out for me was mainly that example, well, that scene, sorry, of the march where there's that peaceful mm. march in at Musgrave Park where they're all just silently um, marching for the loss of Daniel York, but the media headlines describe it as defiant and tra- traffic mm. stopping and everything. So um, it's still, I thought you could kind of say that it still does show that how they fear the resistance of minority groups no matter how it's actually executed. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so the similarities that I would draw – from this one is it like it's similar in the sense that obviously both forms of resistance cause fear um but different in the sense that plantation owners and overseers can blatantly like punish slaves by law whereas the situation in australia is a little bit different they can't just you know blatantly <laughs> walk to the march mm-hmm. and start like doing awful stuff to these people unless there there's some sort of provocation for it yeah so, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely mm-hmm. love it mm-hmm. yeah cool. good um, and, then, <laughs> and then last one this is the one that was tricky I feel like um, a lot of the time I know myself if I'm looking at essays like I usually have two really solid ideas but then it's always that third one that um, is just a little bit challenging to bit of a bit of a get. straw man yeah mm-hmm. yes yeah, so um, what I'm going with for this one though you can um, yeah you might have stuff to add to it or to argue with me about but I also um, yeah thought I would have my third paragraph as something like both texts um, portray resistance as something that can be passive and for that I would refer to um, like chapel learning to read as a form of passive resistance where obviously like mm-hmm. he's not allowed to but he does anyway but like no one really knows about it so it's not um, not causing any yeah. any real trouble that anyone's aware of um, and same with Cook encouraging chapel to read and to also still see Lydia so yeah both of those things yeah and then I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and then moving on to the seven stages of grieving. Um, again, the first thing that came to mind was the peaceful protest, but because I would have already talked about that in my second paragraph, I don't want to be getting too repetitive. I don't want to be limiting the amount of knowledge that I'm showing about this text. So I had to kind of dig a bit deeper. Um, and that's where I kind of thought that you could talk about the mockery of reconciliation 
and how they call that, you know, reconciliation and they just yeah, don't take yeah, that yeah. seriously. They don't really accept that as as a thing that's, yeah. you know, there to help them. Um, and I also thought that you could maybe talk about, like, the grandmother not being trustful of the government or being able to trust doctors or teachers or police and that sort of thing maybe. What yeah. do you guys think? Um, or what about, like, her, like, the stand-up? It's one of my favourite scenes, I think, her stand-up, stand-up comedy, comedy routine and, like, how she's kind of resisting that oh, discrimination but yeah. not actively to their face but, you know, as just as because she's using um, comedy, mm. she's resisting it. She's not yeah. accepting what they're saying. Yeah, and that all the quotes about, like, I'm still black, I'm still deadly, like that sort of thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good one. I hadn't even thought of that. Mm. Mm. Um, but anyway very but yeah the similarities (laughs) that I would talk about um, are that like they're both resisting their oppressors but at the same time it's different because Chapel gains something out of his education whereas um, in the other instances they kind of like well for the grandmother like she loses the benefits associated with doctors teachers police all that sort of stuff Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah that's kind of what I came up with for that Hmm. cool I like it Good job. Yeah. Thanks. I had very yeah. similar ideas. The only mm. thing I won, I, my last one would have been like resistance is imperative for change and how ah. these characters had to resist to, to change the social beliefs or, yeah, like we see, we could see in Whitechapel um, how, what, how he, the fact that he's so passive to his enslavement or accepting wouldn't result in change, whereas someone like Chapel or Lydia to resist even though it like ended in tragedy it's kind of like well it may have started something yeah great point yeah Mm. and even in uh seven stages you know they have to we see these marches uh so the walking across the bridge and march (laughs) the scene march uh yeah i think though that it's really we we see how important those sort of stuff is to change society's like ideas and and um values mm-hmm. yeah sure. yeah yeah so how important it is to resist oppression and and fight yeah. fight back in a way I like can this I be, better than mine. Can I be super depresso? Um, I would have like the same, but then I would also have because um, <clears throat> uh, I imagine this question could be like, oh, do you agree or do you, to what extent do you agree? I would make one of my paragraphs about like, oh, resistance is futile uh, and, um, and you know, within the text. Um, and then, <clears throat> sorry, I'm just like thinking about this off the top of my head. Uh, <laughs> um, I would say the fact that resistance uh, is futile and it's portrayed um, like this and it's received like this and my um, uh, evidence for longest memory would obviously be Chapel's uh, death. I would also mm-hmm. discuss Cook's rape. I would also mm-hmm. discuss the fact that Lydia, um, can, uh, it, like she doesn't really get taken seriously. Um, I would also talk about the Virginian editor to some extent as well and then I would compare that back with how resistance can sh- can be shown to be futile um, within the seven stages of, st- stages of grieving um with obviously the Daniel York story the brother story the father story um all of these terrible things that are happening to um these people of color within these stories and how um in fact their story does not end happily mm. yeah am i totally True. wrong <laughs> no, no not at no, all no, no, okay <laughs> yeah, argue that yeah yeah, yeah. 
Um, I would, yeah, I would talk talk about that as well. But um, yeah, no, I like your answers too, guys. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. Yeah. All of our brains obviously work very differently. Which yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. It's interesting, like you know, there. As long as you can kind of back Just. up your point with the evidence, you can kind of, or not almost say whatever you want, but basically, you can you can um, angle it and whatever way. Yeah, you want. and there's, yeah, and there's no, you know, there's no only three answers. Like it's not like we're mm. sitting down and being like these are the three answers we're looking for. Yeah, there's yeah. numerous, and it's it depends on how you've read it or the evidence that you pick. Yeah, and how you present your arguments, and yeah, no, I like it. Teaching English is fun. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on to the next prompt that we're going to discuss. Um, my prompt for everyone is, or essay question, compare the ways in which the two texts explore the possibility of social change. What right, do you well, have, guys? The first idea that came out for me was the, like, the hopefulness of the youth. And the young Ooh, characters in yes. the text, good one. In comparison to the old character or the older characters, I love that. I didn't have that at all, but I love that didn't so much. Didn't even think of that. Yeah, <laughs> really? yeah, like you, yeah, like what? <laughs> um, so yeah, we see the special, like we definitely see it in the longest memory in terms of Chapel and Lydia. That's just so hopeful for ch- social change. They fight for social change. Like you can, like you know, it's like we can see how these ideas kind of overlap and. Uh, in terms of even the last prompt. But, yeah, we see how these young characters expect social change and they kind of, they will do almost, not almost anything, but in terms of the longest memory, especially Chapel putting his Mm. life on the line uh, for social change and Lydia fighting even after Chapel's death, you know, speaking out in uh, the Virginian editor. Um. Yeah, we see this expectation that social values are going to change. And in the seven stages, it's the woman and she's even just the act of, I think, having it like saying and talking to us about it, I feel like is that expectation she's telling us that we need to change. Uh, And, you know, and then the scenes, once again, like the march, the walking across the bridge, she's expecting social change she's a lot more uh you could say she's a lot more hopeful than than uh her nana in a sense Mm. yeah yeah i'd agree Mm. what else did you have Um, i had uh we see the change in attitudes of the oppressive systems as well so even throughout these texts we can see uh different i guess difference difference in the the oppressive systems does that make sense? So we see, we see um, like how they've changed over time. Yeah. So yeah. in the longest memory, we've got that uh, that comparison or contrasting difference of Mister Whitechapel. So the fact that Mister Whitechapel's character is even there suggests that society is changing, uh, and his like his so his values and his attitudes towards slavery is is change or it's different to the other plantation owners and the Virginian mm. editor so we can I, I think from his character we can see that society's starting to change and even from the north where I think the north is kind of presented as this kind of like utopia in a sense uh and I think just so then even the geographical locations presents that like 
these these systems are changing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There's um. Sorry to interrupt. There's just a really good quote which I had written down for something I was going to talk about, um, which yeah. is in the Virginian editor, or which is by the Virginian editor. Sorry, um, and it's something like, yeah, the world is changing rapidly. And that, um, like slavery, you know, it's the changes, it's not going to happen in our lifetime, nor that of our children, but it's suggested that, yeah, it is going to, um, change at some point. Yeah. So maybe Mm. it's slow, but it's changing. Yeah. Um, and then the, the seven stages, I think we see that because of the, the timeframe, we see Mm. how, like the difference between invasion poem and how these systems uh, treated Indigenous people and then the change to, um, you know, reconciliation and walking across the bridge, we see this kind of change in this in this system, this oppressive system. We see change in that. So the oppressors, mm. we see change in, oppress- in the oppressors themselves and, yeah, and how social values can change over time. Slow, albeit slow, but it does change or it mm. is changing. Yeah. I think I think that's what I was trying to get at. Does that make sense? I don't know if yeah. I'm awful. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely did. Makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, and then I I don't know if this one's a stretch, uh, but I think these texts, in a way, they provide a voice to the voiceless. So the fact that like we're giving these giving these perspectives of people who are discriminated against or marginalized, these texts just give us insight, give us perspective of this. So um, we hear from, um, like, Indigenous people, we hear from uh, enslaved people, we even hear from women. So I think just the text themselves gives Mm. a voice to these people. I really like that one, Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I think think it was really good. And you'd be able to obviously use... Sorry. Yeah, sorry, I was just going to say, you'd obviously be able to, yeah, I think you're about to say, you'd be able to use it. Um, sorry, use a lot about like the structure and the voices yeah. and like all that sort of stuff as your evidence, which yeah. would be really good. So that would be mainly, yeah, structural techniques mm. and I would kind of show off there about my knowledge of structural techniques and how, <laughs> and <laughs> you know, author's intention and stuff. So mm. yeah, definitely I would flex there. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, we would have had two really different essays. All of my um, <laughs> topics are like different to yours for this one. Um, but I think yours is better. Anyway, I had like, so both texts suggest that social change is not something that can happen quickly. Um, yeah, I would have also, yeah, I would have also talked about how both texts suggest that striving for social change can bring about someone's downfall. Oh, yes. Mm. Yeah, um, love that one. Sorry. <laughs> and then the last one I would have talked about was um, that both of them suggest that there's hope for social change. Yeah, mm. you could almost even replace social, like the word social change with resistance, and it's almost yeah. the same as the first prompt. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> funny. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I just noticed that. Uh, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, so good. I have nothing to add. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll move on then. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you can just talk about this one then because this is your own question, so hopefully you've yeah. thought about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't thought about it at all. I, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, okay, so my question was, in those suitcases lies the photos of those who are dead, those nameless ones, dot, dot, dot. 
Um, and that's a quote from the seven stages, seven stages of grieving. And then the next one is the future is just more of the past waiting to happen, which is obviously from the longest memory. And then my question was compare the role of memory of the two texts and how grief is portrayed within them. Um, so when I'm thinking about this essay or planning out this essay, um, I, the first thing I would uh, obviously talk about is how like retrospective each of the texts are so obviously like throughout the text uh throughout the text yeah throughout the text um you have uh the aboriginal woman uh which who's like obviously carrying the suitcase which is full of um you know these family photos and all this red earth um and then she is talking about how basically um it's like how important it is to keep that memory alive and that tradition alive but then also by that like like same you know double-edged sword how painful it is to remember them um does that make sense am i making sense i always feel like i never make sense no you're not really no you are (laughs) you're fine (laughs) (laughs) i was like no oh my god um yeah so yeah that retrospective sort of memory like thinking back um uh, yeah basically yeah being wanting to remember then but then also not because it's so painful um so I'd mm. use sort of those kind of quotes to um sort of start discussing like how obviously uh, the Aboriginal woman is pained in the seven stages of grieving and then I would compare that back to obviously Whitechapel um who is basically like a like a he's basically a live, living walking a giant memory um uh, because his life I think he says and I think we talked about this in like other podcasts um how you know his life is the longest memory and it is like the most Mm. um painful memory I remember making a point about that um so then obviously I'd have him uh you know I'd I'd find quotes about how chapel is passed um and he I think I wrote one down and I said um he's tired of trying not to see so how memory can um like really affect like affect him and and be really painful does that make sense yes yeah no yes perfect great love it um I would obviously yeah so I would choose those sort of two characters to uh discuss how um painful memory can be um but it needs to be enacted in order to preserve like tradition and stuff like that Cool. Um, my next point would probably obviously be uh, like the, the, I would say the very fab, this is really lame, the very fabric of um, cultural history and how um, it's sort of been woven into the two texts. So more like collective memory. So, um, and how that obviously is still um, uh, painful for the, for, for, for people to remember and stuff like that. Um, so I would talk about the collective memory of um, slavery and how it distorts the history of culture and family alike. Um, And then there's a quote here, um, what began as a single thread um, has woven itself into this, you know, carpet that cannot be unwoven. Um, So talking about obviously how, you know, intergenerational slavery has affected um, uh, uh, African-Americans. And then I would talk about obviously, because it's really interesting because even though Mr. Whitechapel is an incredibly problematic character, um, he notes, you know, a lot of really interesting points about intergenerational slavery as well, um, which is really, really interesting. I always thought thought that was good. Um, And then obviously I would use seven stages of grieving 
to also talk about, you know, these persistent memories of, you know, um, uh, sl- like slavery within the, uh, the Indigenous um, culture. And I would talk about, um, and one of my favourite quotes as well um, is like story, like in Nana's story, she says, you know, stories of our traditions, our heritage, who I am, it's all gone. Um, mm. And then, so I would also talk about um, the implications of missing memories and the implications of collective memories as a whole and like losing that and then losing um, that history and culture and stuff like that. Cool, cool, cool. Does that make sense so far? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, love it, love it, love it. Um, so then I would also, this is, I don't know, so. I'm kind of so do you guys ever like you have like two really good points at the start so I've got um obviously like singular memory and then I have collective memory and then how that grief is kind of shared um and then mm. my third point is like a little bit straw straw manny um I'm really sorry <laughs> that's exactly what Emily said though yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, so then I would, hold on, sorry, let me just grab my notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so then I would, oh, this is really, it's a, it's a shitty, it's a, it's, I'm not happy with this. Um, so (laughs) just tear me (laughs) apart, tear me apart. Um, so the last thing I would talk about is, um, uh, uh, like suppression of memory and like white, the whites trying to suppress um, the culture and the history and um, the traditions and, you know, retelling these uh, obviously terrible things that have happened to these people. Like, so, for example, um, I would discuss uh, within seven stages of grieving, I would obviously discuss the genocide, like history of Australia. Um, There's a quote here I've got that says, um, you know, Aboriginal expression has been silenced, been told not to speak, told not what to do. Um, all that sort of stuff. So I would talk about how the like the white, you know, Australia has suppressed that for, that memory um, and that culture and that history. Um, I would refer so some like quick scenes that I also thought about as well was the story of the brother where he obviously went out all night um, and he got pissed uh, in order to cope with you know how his life is ending up. And so that's how I would sort of. Um, respond to the second part of that answer as well because then it's like oh how how is that grief how is that shown um and I'd say oh well it's been it's affected obviously the brother because of you know that suppression that oppression by you know whites have affected him that way and he's you know fallen into this cycle of grief and alcoholism and all that sort of stuff um I would also talk about you know auntie grace uh moving away um, I find that's quite interesting as well to talk about when you're discussing like suppression and stuff like that. Um, and then obviously I would, you know, compare this back to, you know, the fact that before marrying Whitechapel, Cook is raped by Sanders Senior. Um, there's a ton of quotes about that as well. Like after he laid out his hands on me, I wanted to die. I remember the first time I read that book, that was the first quote that really got me. Um, and so then again, there's more suppression Um Obviously, uh, you know, raping somebody like you're showing a great deal of power over them, um, and it, like there's very little justice that's ever really shown, um, like through that. Does that make sense, guys? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, great. Yeah, like, <laughs> trying to cover um, it up. 
Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, and then I would say, like, you know, the painful, you know, n- nature of memories and um, all that sort of stuff. So I would discuss, um, you know, the fact that uh, Cook was suppressed. Like, she never really, you know, got to have um, a- any, like, re- like retribution for him. Um, uh, you know, st- uh, like the fact that Auntie Grace moved away, the fact that, you know, the brother... Um, obviously was not happy and fell into that, you know, cycle of alcoholism and abuse and all that sort of stuff. So I'd kind of acknowledge, yeah, the suppression as well. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't like that argument, but I like my other two arguments a lot better. Um, That's how I tackle that um, essay question. Yay. (laughs) No, I think with your last point you, like, justified it well. Yeah, Mm. I don't know. I think, yeah, yeah. I found it a difficult question as well, so Mm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. What I, did found you guys have? I found it difficult because it was kind of like asking you to talk about kind of two themes, like both memory and grief, which are like closely yeah. linked. Mm. Um, but yeah, my like some of mine were kind of similar to yours. I had that like so um, they suggest that memories are painful and can cause us grief. That's obvious. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> also that um, grief is an ongoing process, which is different for everyone. And then I would have brought mm. in a lot of structural stuff for that one. Mm. Um, and then the last one which was my stretch probably was where I said, um, yeah, they suggest that memories and grief from the past can prevent individuals from having hope. Oh, okay. That's so interesting. Like that. Those are your answers. Like, cause mine yeah. are yeah. totally, mine are totally different to yours. Like yeah. mine are all about singular memory and collective memory and cultural memory and all that. Sort I of think, stuff. And I think just by hearing like your, like the ideas you've thought out for your one, yours sounds like it would be a more sophisticated essay than mine. So <laughs> <laughs> it yep. was just it was just me being like, oh, okay, gee, what am I gonna do? <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, no. What did you have, Prue? Um, I had like I feel like mine. You could probably they all very similar. But my first one was memory of the past allows us to better understand the present and the future. Um, and then my next point was memory and my last two are probably quite similar so second is memory is sometimes painful but an important part of grieving Mm. and the third one is memory allows us to heal from past traumas Mm, I like that one I like it Hmm. yeah I like to end on like a little hopeful like a little positive note (laughs) yeah you know I mean like you know your first two can be quite depressing and like and then the last one but however (laughs) they also present (laughs) (laughs) oh my god I love it I love it Um, I always get kids asking me like well Muse why do we always do like really depressing texts in like year 11 and year 12 and I'm like because there is more to talk about Mm. yeah absolutely And I think it's really cool too that we can kind of be like blending a bit of like history into English and people or like our students are obviously like getting to gain some new knowledge about like important things that have happened throughout mm. time as well. So, yeah, even mm. though it's depressing to read and write about, it's important. It's very important. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's very, very important. Cool. Yeah. Well, um, on to our final segment for – yeah, this episode, this final episode of our season, um, <laughs> cry, <laughs> uh, <laughs> crying face. It's very, um, it's very bittersweet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Sean is going to run a special. This is lit edition of Who Said That. <laughs> so, Sean, can you explain what this entails, please? <laughs> all right, I'm all right. scared. I would like, no, it's fine. It's fine. All right, so I, I have um. 
uh, this morning and uh, a little bit of last night when I obviously thought of this amazing idea. Um, <laughs> I re-listened to um, uh, like little snippets of all our episodes uh, over this season, so the last seven episodes. And I've compiled a list of quotes um, that either that any of us have said uh, during the course of this uh, yeah season. I'm going to say the quote, and you guys have to guess who said it. Um, <laughs> these quotes are hilarious. Well, I think they're hilarious um, because they just show how unprofessional we really are. Um, <laughs> Great. <can't> and, <laughs> yeah, There's a yeah. reason why I don't re-listen really to the podcast, John. <laughs> Well, I'm going to recreate it. Um, and so what you have to do is I'm going to say the quote and I'm going to try to do it um, in the style that it was originally delivered. You're <laughs> welcome, everybody. Um, and then you have to say your name um, and that's your buzzer and then you have to guess who it was. Um, extra points uh, for those if you can guess um, – uh, like which episode it might be from. So, oh, is it oh, from our cool. first episode or is it from our characters episode of The Longest Memory or is it from like our themes episode of like Seven Stages of Grieving? So, yeah. Okay, got okay. it. I'm does this make sense? Yes. It, it makes does. a lot of sense, yeah. Great. I'm so glad that I make sense. All right. <laughs> so uh, your first quote is this. I'll try to deliver it in the style that I listened to it in. <laughs> Um, Whitechapel is, like, totally a really bad person on the aisle seat. Emily? Yes. Um, I feel <laughs> like, was it me? Yeah! Yeah. Yes, <laughs> excellent. Yeah. I remember um, that. Yeah, and uh, which do you have, like, for, for an extra point, do you know what episode that's from? I'm guessing it was our first episode. Correct. You get yeah. two points. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had no and, idea. Oh, yeah. And because thinking back on that, I was like, hang on, but he's really respectful. So he probably wouldn't be that bad. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was more because he'd probably just want to go asleep, go to Oh, actually, no, no. That was the justification because, like, obviously by the end, he just wants to, like, you know, sleep and be dead essentially. So if he was just like that person that's always asleep on the aisle seat, that would be annoying. Oh, yeah, yeah and then I made yeah, a comment yeah. about how he would, like, wear one of those, like, eye masks yeah, or, yeah. like, a sign that would be, like, please wake me up for food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, don't uh, I don't think I was there. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like one of our students. Shots <laughs> <laughs> uh, fine. All right. Um, <laughs> Sorry, guys, if you're listening. <laughs> all one of you. Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, the next quote is this. Um. <clears throat> Uh, Sean, can I also buzz in? The title is The Seven Stages of uh, Freedom. Proof. Yep. Proof. Yep. It's Emily. Correct. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, You're so sassy to me. Like, that? when I was like, I know. Back, I would like, never say that. <laughs> <laughs> Just not on a recording. Um, <laughs> all right. Oh, ah, oh. Um, when did we? Oh, okay. It's going to. Um, um, I'm definitely not looking at my notes here. <laughs> uh, is it episode three? No, four. Episode four. Correct. Episode four. Whew, nice. Okay, it's nice. important though, you know, you've got to get the name right. <laughs> my comment stands. And do you know, I've actually now been like correcting that and being like putting in the, like. <laughs> Same. 
Improving your teaching, guys. Yeah. Well done. I'm so proud of you. Um, yeah. All righty. The next quote is this. <clears throat> I have tons, by the way. We can stop at any time. Uh, <laughs> um, <clears throat> I made 12 quotes for this. Oh, uh, me. Uh, Prue. Yeah. <laughs> it's me. Yes, correct. <laughs> um, what episode? Oh, I'm um, thinking off the top of my head, not looking at my notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, is it episode five? Uh, yes. Excellent. Yeah, it's episode five. Perfect. Was that about the game? Mm-hmm. Was that about that the game? The yeah, yeah, that oh, was yeah, the sorry. bingo. But yeah. um, <laughs> listening back was hilarious because <laughs> you're like, um, we I think we did it in like three quotes or something, and yeah. then and then it was like, oh, Emily won, and then like we're like, okay, Miss, we're done now, and you're just like, I made twelve quotes of this, like I spent <laughs> so long on this, and we were like, ha 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 ha, bye. Well, <laughs> well, all right. Um, uh, next one, <clears throat> game on, mole. You, Emily, Sean. <laughs> yes, correct. It was me. Yeah. Do you know what episode it's from? Uh, um. I think it was the same mm. one, wasn't it? Yeah, was it five? Yes, correct. Yeah, correct, correct. Good, right. good old Kath and Kim reference. Hats yes, you. love it, yeah. love it. Do you know, I always thought that was a My Kitchen Rules reference. Uh. So, yeah. Wow. Isn't wow. that terrible? <laughs> All right, <clears throat> the next one. Did I really want to answer this? No. Emily? Yes. Um. <laughs> Incorrect. Ooh. Does it go over to Prue now then? <laughs> yeah, Prue. Okay, Prue. Like um, Emily. Yes, correct. Uh, Do you know what 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 episode? Oh, Stab in the Dark, uh, episode seven. Incorrect. Six. Correct. Oh, what a good guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Prue. Um, okay, so we'll actually probably play this to the end. Um, if, if Prue gets this next one, then she wins. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, oh, nah, all right. Well, Emily, just get it. Um, <laughs> are you ready? Yep. Sure. Yes, girls, fight for my approval. Emily. Uh, Prue. Emily, yes. Oh, Prue. Okay, fine. No. No. No, incorrect. <laughs> That's disappointed me. Oh, Prue, you automatically. Emily wasn't. Oh, it was. Huh? Prue, you, Prue, you, you, you can answer. Prue. Oh, okay. Um, approval. That was Sean. Correct. Yeah. I thought it was Sean that had to earn our approval, though. Yeah, I, I know. It's, no, I don't know. Sorry. I think it's from. Plot hole. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was confused. I was like, hang on, but (laughs) hang on a second. I didn't care about Sean's approval. (laughs) (laughs) That's so rude. Um, It's from, um, uh, I think, uh, I wrote episode five slash six, so I don't actually even know what episode it's from. Um, But it's when I think the last time I had a game and we were playing, it's like the Uber Eats, and I was like, oh, Oh, who gets the Uber Eats? And I was like, yeah, that's fine for my approval. Um, Yeah, cool. All right, I have one left. Do you want to do it anyway? Why not? 
I have exhausted myself from my excellent analysis from my first answer. Oh, Prue. Finn. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that was me. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Yeah. For, for our last episode. <laughs> very good. Very good. Yeah, we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> I loved it. I was listening back this morning and I was like, wow, she's floundering. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Put a, put a bit of a syrup on it because I was waffling. I love it. I love it. Um, that is all. That is our um, yes, our special edition of uh, Who Said That? This is Lit. Um, Prue, you win. Yay. Yay, I'm the winner. <laughs> nice. Cool. All right. Well, yeah, that wraps up episode eight and our yes whole season of our the longest memory and the seven stages of grieving study so thank you so much for listening guys truly appreciate um yeah you tuning in and listening to what we have to ramble on about hopefully you have learned something from at least one of these episodes that was our overall aim um it's one thing anything just if you get one thing out of it then i'm happy like yeah yeah Yeah. so yeah um thanks again who knows in the future there might be a another season on a different set of texts we will yeah just have to see what the future holds for this Mm -hmm. is lit but yeah thanks so much guys good luck with your sacks and your exams if you are sitting exams for um yeah for year 12 english this year and yeah we may see you again in the future See ya. Yeah. Been a pleasure, guys. Good luck. Bye. Bye. See you. Bye.